This Week in WordPress, episode number 139, coming up next. This episode is entitled Confusion About Identity. I'm joined, as always, by Paul Lacey, but this week our special guests are Jan Koch and Bernard Grineau. There's a lot to talk about this week. We get stuck into a website that's been kicked off, wp.com. We also talk about the new features in Gutenberg 9.4. We get into a subject about whether or not plugin developers ought to notify users if they have sold the plugin and there's a change of ownership. And also we talk about Astra's new header and footer builder. It's all coming up next on This Week in WordPress. This Week in WordPress is brought to you this week by AB Split Test. Do you want to set up your A-B split tests in record time, like in a couple of minutes? Use your existing pages and test anything against anything else. Buttons, images, headers, rows, anything. And the best part is, it works with Elementor, Beaver Builder, and the WordPress Block Editor. Check it out and get a free demo at absplittest.com. Hello. Hello, hello. WP Builds here once more. This is, we've retitled it. It's no longer called, no longer called the WP Builds Weekly WordPress News, even though I have failed to change this. It's <laughs> this week in WordPress, and uh, it's yet another of the tiny little jobs in a week, which never gets done. I'm joined this week by Bernard Grineau, who's over there, Jan Koch, who's down there, and Paul Lacey, who's over, over there. I've got to try and remember that we're repurposing this content into audio. So I've got to stop giving visual cues. So saying things like watch and he's over there is no good. But very briefly, if that's all right with you three, uh, would you mind introducing yourselves one at a time? So we'll start with Bernard. How are you doing? Oh, once in a lifetime, the first one. Uh, mm. I'm helping out with pods, uh, community support, a little bit of development and uh, making the pods Beaver Builder add-on. And then I have my own little company doing a little bit of hot chocolate business and, of course, a little bit of web development. I think that's such a great tangential business, I mean, to hot chocolate. What about you, Jan? Tell us about yourself. Hey, I'm Jan. I'm the host of the WP Agency Summit, which is one of the leading conferences in the WordPress space. That's nice. Thank you so much. And finally, Paul. Hello, Paul here uh, from the Digiverse JJ. We're a, I guess we're a design-focused WordPress agency in the UK. Thank you very much. Although you have clients all over the place, as I, I, learned, I learned this week. That's you right. You told me you had various calls with people all over the place. That's uh, right. Yeah, yeah, very nice. Yeah. We have uh, a website. It's wpbuilds.com. You can go over there and find a whole ton of WordPress-related content. We produce this episode. We, we kind of like throw out a news article, which looks like this. This is episode number 199. Uh, you can find that by going to the, let me just grab it. You go to the archives section on the WP Builds menu and you click on this week in WordPress video. You'll be able to find the video version of this, but uh, we'll repurpose that as a podcast in audio form. And if you want to see the actual newsletter itself, you can click on this week in WordPress newsletter and you get taken over to this archive and basically just click the one at the top, which in this case is number 130. 39. On the wpbuilds.com website, we've got a big fat banner at the top, which is illustrating the fact that Black Friday is around the corner. You may not have noticed uh, that Black Friday was around the corner. Your inbox is probably entirely clear and nothing promotional has arrived over the last week or so. But we're trying to help people out uh, over at WP Builds. And so clicking around all over the place, we have this page, wpbuilds.com forward slash black. 
I'd like to just reach out to these people and say thank you for helping us sponsor this page. We've got uh, Keypress Media UI Manager, we've got WP Feedback Pro, WP Ultimo, AB Split Test, and the Events Calendar, all very kind sponsors of that page, so thanks to them. But the reason that we're on here today is to talk about episode number 139. And what we're doing these days is we're going to dive a little bit deeper into four, five, six, seven pieces each week rather than try to cover everything. And Paul and I are going to place ourselves on a phone call or something on a Friday and discuss the ones which we think kind of probably justify surfacing to the top. And so that's what we've done this week. So, Paul, shall I just hand it right over to you to sort of kick us off? Yep, sure. Oh, by the way, I mm. have to say I really enjoyed the FOMO versus no FOMO episode that you and David Wamsey did um, that you published last week. Thank you. That one, I've, I, I really, have no memory of it. Um, yeah. I'm sure it was dreadful, but thanks. No, anyway. honestly, it really connected because uh, you know, much like some of the arguments you were presenting, I was like genuinely addicted to buying stuff, like yeah. genuinely like a problem, like a gambler or an alcoholic type addiction. And it was just good to listen to it and think, yeah, I've made some progress. But yeah. I control myself. <laughs> really good. Well, all I'm going to say then is head over to wpbuilds.com forward slash black to undo all of that yep. progress. Uh, and yeah, anyway, some amazing Black Friday around the corner. It's yeah, there, there is. There is yeah. Should, Jordan, should we, just, should we just dock into this quickly? Yeah. I, I don't mean this particular page. Um, I just mean if anybody's got, got their sights on anything. So... I've already bought a couple of things, but not in the WordPress space. I'm, I'm kind of addicted to Google hardware. So I've bought, um, I've bought a Google TV dongle, which I just plugged in about half an hour ago, and it's great. Um, and also I've bought a Google Nest Wi-Fi, which you can actually see just there. That's the extender thing where you, you can dot them around all over the house and they, it's like a mesh network. But I don't, I, I, I haven't yet aligned myself with WordPress stuff. What about you, Bernard? You got your sights on anything? Not really, currently at least. I mean, most of the stuff I, I either own or, uh, you know, there are two plugins I tend to renew in the way like canceling and buying a new because I don't get it. Why they often deals for new customers. And existing customers, you know, pay the full price. I mean, uh, Beaver Builder is great because they give you a renewal stuff. But uh, almost all the others, yeah, you get great like Friday. So if it's plugin, which I use only on one or two sites where it's not an issue to just change the license number, I'll go and buy it again. Sorry. Yeah, that's a really interesting thought. I actually uh, discovered that this morning. I, I won't name the plugin. But I discovered that I could buy it more cheaply by cancelling the license that I bought this time last year. It was only $10, but it did make me think, but $10, right? Why not save $10 if it can be done that way? So, yeah, plugins, are, it's, it's far more than that. Yeah. Paul, anything? Um, <clears throat> this year, I've not got a shopping list of WordPress-related things at all. I mean, uh, the things that I was quite excited about were Xbox games. So there was some really good deals for me on Xbox that that will set me up for a whole year that I've, that I've bought. Some Assassin's Creed games and Far Cry and stuff like that. I'm really looking, so I've started playing some of those. Um, in terms of the WordPress things, um, I, I don't know if it's just, you know, a lot of us are just, we've done it so many years in a row now with WordPress and SaaS tools that we're, we're almost bought out. But uh, there's, a, there's a couple 
Um, look, look interesting. I'm hoping that GiveWP do a deal. I know it's not on your page yet. I don't know if they've contacted I haven't them. seen one come through from them, so maybe. Yeah, I've got a few clients who want it, and that's always one that I always get the client to go and buy it. And um, I've said, you know, just hold out. They might have a deal, you know, coming, coming soon. Um, but really, there's not too much that I've got. I've definitely not got a list that I'm trying to drill down and figure out, you know, I forgot a budget of this much. Which one shall I get? Not at all. Um, I think if anyone's into uh, doing a lot of stuff with WooCommerce, I think that um, YIF would be a good deal because yeah. they, they, yeah. their prices went up like a year ago or so, and now the deal is 30% off. <clears throat> You'd have to check what the actual terms of that deal are, if it's 30% off just for one year or 30% just the initial purchase or something. But um, the world of WooCommerce isn't isn't cheap anymore. So... Uh, WooCommerce, WooCommerce deals would be something that, if I was into that, I would be looking at probably quite closely. But not a lot of other things, uh, to be honest. I wonder if the the sort of excitement about it is sort of fading a little bit. Let's find out from Jan. Are you excited about anything? No, not really. I have one <laughs> deal that I, that I bought, which is uh, Swift Performance Pro. They they had some really nice discounts. I think the the five site license was reduced from 100 to 30 dollars or something for the first year that that was a good one but other than that i'm not looking at anything specifically i also don't see the need to to buy anything really so they look like they're 70 percent off um this year yeah around yeah they, they have this tiered structure and i was able to get on the highest tier yeah Okay. Well, interesting stuff. There we go. So a few comments just dropping in. We'll just deal with those. Um, Chris Yu says he's got his eye on 15 to 20 different things. So that's quite a lot, isn't it? Um, and then, oh, follow-up comment from him. To be fair, 50% of those will be rebuild. Yeah, I've got a few of those. And I'm thinking, looking carefully. I've got this. I mentioned it last week, I think. I've got this SaaS app called Track My Subs which when I buy a subscription to something, I lock it in and then it gives me a reminder, whatever the subscription terms are, you set that up and quite a few have popped up in the in the recent, in the, in, I don't know, the last 48 hours or so. So I've got to go and look at that a little bit more. Um, okay, hello to everybody that's mentioned themselves in the comments. I really appreciate you taking the time out to come and, uh, come and spend some time with us. It's really nice. We're going to get stuck in. Paul, do you want to do your... Um, WooCommerce, sorry, not WooCommerce, WordPress core stuff. I don't think we've got a page yeah. for that necessarily, but um, I'll just hand it over to you because there was a few things cropped up in core. There was a couple of things in core. One of them we probably thought we might explore a little bit more, but some of the some of the ones that are just general core news is we've got WordPress 5.6 release candidate is out, I think, yep. or it's almost out. Um, we'd probably... I know you and I talked about this, Nathan. We were like, what's in 5.6? And we couldn't actually find anywhere. Yeah, there wasn't a lot to say, was there? So we're probably going to wait until the real 5.6 comes out to to read the list out to the podcast to uh, <laughs> yeah, tell people yeah. the amazing things that, that are in there. But so I, think it's, I think it's yeah. December the 5th, I could, uh, 6th. I could be wrong about that, but I think that's the date. Got it. Okay, so that's when it's like the real versions coming out. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So. Um, there is uh, an, in an interest, an interesting one um, that will affect some people for sure, um, which is WordPress is to combine its long neglected theme pre previewer with starter content. So if you've ever bought a theme off something like Theme Forest or one of those sort of places, 
you probably buy it and then you install it and it looks nothing like you saw it in the theme shop until you install in import the content and then it looks kind of a bit like the one that you saw on the shelf um the wordpress repo from our understand has never really had that f facility you you install a theme and then you've just got a sample page and hello world and that's kind of it it's never really been on the priority list for wordpress i don't think to to do anything too much about that but it's come back to their list of kind of stuff that would be cool to do and it seems that they've agreed to make it so themes that are in the repo can have a bunch of demo content in there and one of the reasons they feel it's relevant now is because the block editor yeah yeah does, yeah it does give you especially if theme controls and settings are coming out of themes customizers and into blocks and stuff like that then uh they they've kind of decided whoever they is is that um, it's a good time to bring that in so that when you install a theme now that is using blocks and it's probably more complicated to get the hang of that you've got a starting point so that was um some of the core news as well and then the last one we got in core news was uh gutenberg 9.4 uh has introduced button width selector and typography controls for the list block and the the one that stands out there is the button width selector which if you do check out the article on WP Tavern, it shows you some previews of that um, that button width selector. It's a bit odd. Uh, Nathan and I talked about this on Friday. We looked at it and you kind of imagine in any other UI that we've ever used, you tend to define the width of the button by something that you type in or a slider. So you might say 200 pixels or auto width or 50% or, or something like that. This button interface has choices of what is it 25 what does that even say 60 25 50 75 and 100 i'm showing something on the screen so, yeah, which, you've got which four is options for setting the width of the button which begs the question why is that not just a slider um, yeah because <laughs> it would be too easy <laughs> there, there will be too much flexibility if it was just a slider well, we're gonna we're gonna sort of. I mean, it, it would segue perfectly if we were going to do it in this order. But we're gonna look later on at a, at a plugin, a block plugin that has updated its UI and UX considerably over the last couple of weeks, and it does things slightly differently. And I I, I feel it's slightly better. I mean, obviously, this isn't yet in core, but it, it does look. A, they're kind of a bit arbitrary, aren't they? You know, twenty five, fifty, seventy five, and a hundred. It's. Uh, I mean, it's better than previously because in the past you had to use CSS. I think I on wp builds i just think i had a css class called something clever like bottom full width or something which made it 100 percent. but it's awkward to have to yeah. do that and yeah. I, I just don't see why this isn't a slide I, I'm, I'm just looking at a git commit for the button margins and there are a few things that are confusing me one uh it is based on those 25 percent multiples so there's no like 66 percent percent to 33 percent and then also the width doesn't include the margins so they say in the git commit that two 50 percent buttons will not fit on the same line what could possibly go wrong well i guess it's a work in progress but it, it is illustrative it is. Of, of things changing clearly they're going to put some settings in but we'll come back to this um and we'll compare what we see on the screen here now 
with something later but just for those people who are listening basically you've got four buttons to pick the wits now and that's that's all you've got and, and an option to to open things in a new tab which has been there for the longest time uh, also thank you Jan he's corrected myself uh, it's not the 6th of December it's the 8th of December um, yeah there we go and well let's move on Bernard you made a comment about Facebook comments not working um, I, I can't I can't do that at the minute, I'm afraid. If, if Facebook isn't working for you guys, head over to wpbuilds.com forward slash live. Well, it's correct, just don't get, get nice and beautiful images. Just to oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know why that is. But um, anyway, if it's if the comments aren't working for you, no, wpbuilds.com forward slash live should sort you out. Okay, let's do this. Uh, Paul, should we, just, should we just clatter through your three or four first yep. and then come to mine? Um, I've got this one as the first one. This is the politically toxic uh, story that we're going to gloss over very quickly because we don't want to get in trouble or uh, annoy anybody. Are we even going to cover this, Paul? What do yeah, we decide? Yeah, well, it's okay. still a, like it's a story about the story, I think. Uh, yeah. It's a safe way to do it. Um, I think um, so. There is a website called Conservative Treehouse. And if you, uh, I don't know if that website is live at the moment because it got kicked off WordPress.com. Um, and I think to know what is on Conservative Treehouse, you're probably just best to go and check out the website if it when it if and when it is back live. I assume it's it's currently live, and go and take a look for yourself and see the type of content that it produces. It's and back up. There, there it is. is. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's a fantastic design. I mean, look at that. That is just brilliant. <laughs> More controversy. More <laughs> controversy. <laughs> um, so this. I think the reason that this is actually a story on WordPress Tavern is because this happened, and then I think in the circles of the the kind of, I don't know how to describe it, like the friends or the similar kind of channels to Conservative Treehouse, uh, I think they, I think that they blew it up on social media that a, you know, it's that thing about that particular narrative that you'll often hear that the big tech is censoring the right for instance. So I think that's why this story has arrived here, because I don't think WordPress Tavern would have picked it up otherwise, but it seems to have kind of blown up elsewhere. And essentially what's happened is um, Word Automatic have said to them that some of their content um, on, on, a, on many occasions has, has gone past their automatic ads terms of service and also something about um, their content also let me just check what it says there their as well as our prohibitation prohibitation i don't know if i said that right against calls to violence outlined in the wordpress.com user guide prohibition so, prohibition yeah so um the thing is wordpress.com you know is a is a company and this is just a website and they have everyone has every right to just say i don't want you on my platform um, I think that this is just blown up because it's a very, very hot topic at the moment about censorship or fake news or this sort of stuff. And I think if you, you go to the article, look at the website that's been turned off, make your own mind up about this, go and have a look at the comments because the comments are very interesting in lots of... And, and what you'll notice in the comments is it's, it's people saying, you didn't quite understand exactly what I said there, what I said was, check my comment. And then, and I think the, the problem with this is, is that 
what automatic statement is short. It's like two, we can see two paragraphs of this statement. It just says, you did something wrong and you're off. And actually, we're not going to turn you off immediately. Plus, you're welcome to use the other version of WordPress because everyone can use that. Yeah. And, and then, so I, I looked into some definitions around deplatforming to try and understand this better, what this actually means. So, and uh, what, when I typed into the definition of deplatforming, because a lot of people on Twitter were complaining about this, saying this is deplatforming a website and how dare they do that and all that sort of stuff. I checked some deplatforming doesn't technically seem to apply to this situation because deplatforming is stopping someone having a voice. And they clearly said, we're not stopping you having a voice. We just don't want to host you. But you can go and have your voice with exactly the same domain. We can't stop you having the same domain. You can go and do it. And it's, but I think it's a story because it's kind of um, politics and big tech and, and from two paragraphs, people have made a huge amount of dialogue about this. Yeah. So it just shows how sensitive it is. Really. It, it, it underlines the, 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 my thought, which is the, basically the internet and certainly the comments on the internet are, a, are just a, a sort of like a, an engine to become angry often. You know, just, it's, just, yeah, yeah. it's just happens so often. It just, uh, I mean, you know. It's difficult to discuss this from, from Europe because it's typical, it feels like a US issue. <laughs> yeah, but also the, the interesting thing about this one is if, if this had happened on Squarespace, or Wix or some other platform that hosts websites. I just can't see this being quite the controversy. And it's because WordPress has this two sides to it. You know, you've got the community side, the .org side, if you like, who are probably quite vocal about a subject such as this. And then you've got the .com side, which is, you know, the, the more business orientated. It's a it's a company. It has to make a profit and so on and so forth. And and so the .org people chime in about, in this case, the .com situation, whereas there probably isn't that same community surrounding Wix or Squarespace. I, I, so, I think it would, yeah. would be even more of an issue on sites like Wix and Squarespace because... Do you think the community, do you think there'd be the same amount of input no, I, I from don't a think community? From, from from a community no, no, but... perspective, not. But the I think the issue with uh, Wix or Squarespace would be how to move the site over to a different host. Because yeah. right now it's yeah, very yeah. easy for them to to just switch hosting and keep their voice, whereas they would have to probably rebuild everything yeah. if they use a static page build or something like this. We, we kind of came, Paul and I, on, on Friday when we chatted, we, I think we both came to the conclusion that basically it, .com is a private entity, if you like, and... It, it's up to them, isn't it? If they, if they have their terms and conditions and they can they can honestly point to a terms and condition that has been broken, then they are within their rights to do this. But it also speaks to a kind of, uh, I don't know, the whole freedom of speech debate and the, the, the people on both sides of the debate trying to clamp down and shot one another down. And so it's difficult, you know, in an ideal world, we wouldn't have problems like this, but here we are. And WordPress probably can't dot com can't be seen to uh, allow things like this, I'm guessing, because they're fearful of the commercial blowback. Because these days, all it takes is one notorious person to pick up on a story like this, tweet it, and all of a sudden, you've got a PR nightmare on your hands. You know, a news channel picks it up, and, and off we go. And then the bottom line gets affected. So they're having to tread a very careful line, and it's difficult, very difficult. We'll have to see how this goes yeah. over time. Um, anybody yeah. want to finish that one off? Yeah, Shopify did ban sales of some guns, weapons, and ammo back in 2018. 
um, that was a bit of a story at the time, I remember. It was following a shooting. So, you know, it, I think uh, that was whether, again, it was political or just business interests thinking, you know, we don't want it. Because, I mean, how, whenever you hear the gun debate, you're always like, well, it's crazy, you know, because you can just go and buy a gun in Walmart. And because Walmart is like an international shop, you know, we have we call it ASDA in the UK. Um, we all sort of imagine guns appearing in our version of Walmart, and 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 it's kind of shocking for us to try and imagine that situation where there was guns everywhere in the where we buy our tomatoes and avocado and stuff like that, and you know, chocolate bars and whatnot. Um, but yeah, Shopify did did um, make a, a decision on that, and I didn't know actually Shopify are actually Canadian. I didn't know that, but. Hmm. Um, but it's funny because all of the uh, articles that I read about this on American websites are like Canadian online store provider, and it was kind of like, what do they know about apples? Yeah, but, um, <laughs> uh, it's, it, it, it's it, it just really interesting debate, though. I mean, yeah. Bottom line, they can do what they like. It's their platform, and this guy has obviously taken on bridge to it. And certain people are going to chime in in support. Other people are yeah. backing gets- WordPress. It gets pretty pretty uh, aggressive quite quickly yeah. on these kind of situations. Even in the comments, um, you know, there there is the, the article itself mentions the name of the person that owns the website, and apparently the name of the person who owns the website is not a publicly known thing, but it probably is on Twitter. You know, like when you know a celebrity does something naughty, and there's like a ban on the media, but everyone knows who it is, sort of thing. So, the article itself mentions the name of this person, and then it's in the comments, you know, it's it's like, well, the article itself is fake news and doxing someone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> doxing for people who don't know, I think, is um, where you name someone, and that person can possibly get some bad blowback as a result result of being publicly named, for instance, you know. Um, but yeah, so it, it seems that it's just one of those subjects that cannot be articulated in a conversation with the words that humans are able to use anymore. We need, <laughs> Who we would need... have thought that there was politically, in, you know, politically sensitive material inside of the WordPress ecosystem? Oh, but yeah. uh, I know there really is. <laughs> is um, big tech? Does WordPress.com count, count as big tech? Is that do we count as big tech like Facebook and Twitter? I don't know. Oh, a, I, I don't. Mean, I don't in my head. No, I, I, I wouldn't see it that way either because you you can go away and build the site yourself on any hosting. Yeah. So it's it's not like kind of locked in like a Twitter or a Facebook because you can go off Facebook if you want to. I don't know use the service. Good. Um, so it's it's different, but on the other hand, it's an IT business and they they tend to throw all that stuff into one big basket. Um, to give you like the impression, yes, the the the, the media is, is 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 big tech is hurting us all and hiding the truth and stuff like that. Uh, it's, I don't know really what to, to make out, out of all those fake news discussions and stuff like that. Um, people tend to shy away from real facts and, and talking about I don't know their view of the world. I mean, we all have different views of the things happening. It's not necessarily uh, easy to to have a, a real truth. Just talk to two friends, which had an and and blow out, and everybody tells you a different story. So yeah. there is I, very often yeah. not an objective term of truth. So all those discussions are moot, and I just 
miss a common sense that people can disagree on a topic and still have a fair and square discussion about the topic. We don't need to agree on everything. We just need to find a way to talk about these things. So it's it's maybe a good thing that they didn't shut down it entirely. Uh, on the other hand, it's it's difficult just because, uh, you know. I, I think what might classify this as, as big tech is that the site claims to have around 1 million unique readers per day. So if you summarize that, that that is a big audience yes. that they have. I mean, I, I I don't know how true those numbers are that they stay <laughs> in the tavern article, but how I, many I agree with Bernard. I, when, I have um, nothing to add. When I'm the universal dictator, uh, you know, <laughs> when that happens, I will I will force everybody to get along. That's uh, that's my plan. <laughs> how long yeah, I'd, uh, yeah, exactly. Everybody just needs to have long. Oh, sorry, Paul. Um, <laughs> move it. <laughs> that was cruel. I apologise. That was not. That was not nice of me. Um, uh, right. So this is the next one. This. Um, were you taking this one, Paul? Is this one of your stories? This stack. Yeah, sure. I think uh, you know. Um, if there was a theme to like this week's show, it would be. Uh, about confusion, about identity, I think. You know, in terms of products, in WordPress especially, not knowing what direction it's supposed to be going in, um, if they're supposed to get involved in political things or not. And then, and then in terms of the product thing, right, so let, let me do the news item first because I'm, I'm already segueing into, you know, a, a side thing. But so the article, yeah. sorry, to get back on track, is that um, Stackable, which is uh, one of the companies, that one of the brands that does a set of um, really good uh, Gutenberg block editor blocks, have done a update to their user interface and user experience with their blocks. And you can find the, um, the article on the wpstackable.com uh, website in their blog, the, the title is of the, uh, of the piece is Better User Interface and User Experience, and it's in their updates category they're quite proud of what they've done here and um like i'm not sure exactly um it's quite difficult when you see the side by side you know what has actually changed that much but i feel i feel like it's one of those things that if you were using it you would feel it and that's why they're so pleased about this but they're doing their best to patch the um the situation that they've got to work with so in a way it seems that they're they're aware that people struggle with um with the block editor they have a product that sits on top of the block editor and they probably get support requests about why has this gone wrong and why has that gone wrong so they're taking it upon themselves to do their best to improve the user interface here and honestly i know that's the article so that's great but the thing that has been sticking in my mind with a lot of these um, things about whether it's the button whip thing that we saw or people, you know, putting Git comments in in the track in in track or whatever it's called. I'm starting to really think that um, Automatic uh, want to have this great product, WordPress.com, that rivals Squarespace and it rivals Wix and all these kind of things. And if that is actually happening, and that's what they want, and they want the block editor to be the thing that helps power that, um, chuck an absolute ton of money into this in into the block editor 
and approach it like an actual product design. So do user testing, do proper user research, stop having the entire community uh, chipping in on things on track or GitHub or whatever it is. And someone comes up with an idea and then a huge conversation comes out. And at the other end of that is something completely different than what started at the beginning of the idea. So I would love to see automatic, even though some people will be like, hey, no, that's stupid because this is a community-driven program. Like, I think it, to me, it seems that WordPress.com and automatic are creating a product for their own product. So how about approach it really, really sensibly? And what I do love seeing is when, when you see these articles and someone has done like a, how this could look if it was done properly. And it, it might be like the block patterns interface, which is in one of the other articles. And some UX designer or UI designer somewhere puts an absolutely amazing proposal forward and everyone talks around it and then nothing much gets done about it. Or a proposal gets put forward. And when that proposal gets put forward, it's a proposal in track or GitHub or wherever it is that these things get discussed. And then and then the person who actually had the idea and all the experience that put that idea out is basically forgotten at that point. And then something else comes out the other end, like change your button width to 25%, 50%, 30%, or 100%. You're like, we can't go on like that and be a bit of a UX laughing stock to the rest of the products out there. So I'd love Automatic to, to go, right, we're putting a bunch of money in to create a product team and guess who we're hiring? That person that you've heard of over there because they built that product really amazingly. And that person over there, if Apple did stuff like this, then we'd basically have a PC at the end, wouldn't we? So, sorry, I'll get off the Fun conversation we had at the beginning off camera around PC and Apple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think the, and we'll segue a little bit later into another article where we explore the where the article explores the constraints of the of the of, of the little panel that we're, we've got. So on screen at the moment is uh, Stackable's Gutenberg options, and obviously if you've ever used Gutenberg, you'll know that there's a, a, a fixed width panel on the right hand side where all of the stuff happens, and the article that we'll come to in a minute explores modifying that. I've actually it, on a couple of my websites, I've just put a bit of CSS to increase the width of this because I find it's almost unusable in certain situations. I've mentioned it before, writing the, the, the WordPress post excerpt in there is ridiculous because it's like two, two rows high, three rows high. Every time you mouse away from it, it collapses and you, you have to scroll back again in the tiny little window. Um, and it's a bit of a disaster. And, and, but I just think companies like this, Stackable, it's just showing what can be done. They're obviously, you know, it's minor little things that we're looking at. For example, they've put borders around uh, selected options. So if you're currently hovering over styles, it puts a border around that instead of a little blue line, which is kind of like the WordPress default. They've taken care of things like the, the, the button problem that we mentioned a moment ago by putting sliders in. And they're using really normal conventions in this UI, but they're just doing it better. And I, I totally take on board Paul's point about just hiring some elite people who would just tell us how it's going to look. Um, I think that would be an interesting idea, even if it was hire a bunch of people and put out a version and just see what people think at that point. Which bits of it do people like? Which bits bits of it that they don't? Do they not like? Anyway, stackable. 
looking really nice, I have to say. I'm very pleased to to be an owner of Stackable. It's a, looking like a really solid project going forward. Um, I'm conscious that Jan or Bernard maybe didn't get a chance in there. If you want to just chip in. I mean, you know, my point of view to Gutenberg and everybody who has listened to me before on, on the show, uh, it's still the wild, wild west. I stick with that. Uh, because so many things are changing in the background and he, this is added and that is added and then it, this one is changed. Uh, I think already recently they again changed some, some big stuff in the background, like, like uh, the diffs around something so that it's easier. Uh, and I wonder how it doesn't feel sometimes like there is, there is a, a real idea behind it. I don't know it's, if it's the right term, it's hard to, to translate it. Uh, but like these options, yeah, here we have that. And and then I think okay, did they ask any designer, does it make sense that way? Like the button, it's perfect example. I mean, uh, what happens if I need three buttons or two? Yeah. How does it work? I mean, it, it's like a good idea, but then somebody went and implemented it and doesn't didn't think it's through to the end. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I'm not a designer myself, I'm more a programmer guy or just doing stuff and using stuff and uh, uh, slowly getting more and more ideas about design because my graphic designer, she always tells me, no, don't, don't do it that way because of blah, 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 blah. And I know, oh, yes, that's, I understand that. Uh, but uh, is, has Gutenberg a real direction? I, I don't feel it sometimes. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Um, Jan, anything to chip in or should we press on? Let's press on. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Right then. Then the next piece is uh, I'll I'll take the lead on this one if that's oh. all right. Um, this is this this kind of caused a little bit of controversy. I posted this one in the WP Builds Facebook group, and it felt to me like the well, it was kind of drawn down the center really 50% one side 50% on the other so this is an article on wordpress tavern written by justin tadlock entitled should wordpress notify users of uh, ownership changes and justin's obviously um, built things in the past and essentially should there be some kind of legal requirement wordpress requirement that if the the owner of a plugin changes that there's a notification about that. That is to say, okay, this plugin was yesterday owned by these people, now it's owned by these people. Because at the moment, really, the only way of knowing that is to follow the press, or maybe, maybe the developers will put something in the change log or something like that, but it's not entirely obvious. And it may be that you fall under a whole different set of terms and conditions. There may be different things that you're agreeing to, the data that the plugin uh, uses maybe sucked to a different location all sorts of jurisdictional legal things come into mind and so my opinion on this is because this happens so infrequently at least that's my experience you know you hear about plugins changing hands several times a year and in most cases I'm not the owner of those so I'm imagining maybe this will impact me once or twice a year I think it's okay to put it in the plugin UI that is to say if you go to the, the the plugins area of your WordPress dashboard, a little pop-up, not a pop-up, a little message, almost like where it says this plugin needs updating. It goes there and just gives you a heads up, you know, easy to dismiss, not really getting in the way. So I was happy with that, but unsurprisingly, there were people sitting on the other side of the fence who were sort of like, no, we just get enough of this nonsense. Could we just either not have it or could we perhaps have a dedicated area for it? Could it be tucked away in a different place? 
but I might, I'm 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 okay with this. I think this should happen, especially in the light of GDPR and especially in the light of the things that um, you know might be changing and the data that might be going into different places. So it's open to you. One of you interrupt. I, I think um, it's very interesting. Um, I've just browsed through the comments on the WP Tavern article, and there are many that say it should happen. But on the other hand, um, if I see myself in a situation like this, I would probably be on the mailing list of that plugin developer anyways. Right. So at the time when the deal needs to be public, because there is back and forth, if you're selling a plugin, I would imagine it takes like six months at least to, to uh, get onto negotiations and find a good price for the plugin and to handle the handover process essentially. So in that time, you cannot make the deal public because it isn't fixed yet. And even after the deal is fixed, you probably need another four weeks to two months or something to set everything. So I, I see it um, in two ways. The average average quote-unquote WordPress user probably doesn't need to know this because they don't care. They just build a WordPress website. What I see who cares is people who, like us who make a living of building WordPress websites. We need mm -hmm. to know when th things change. So that's marketing agencies and freelancers and stuff. So I would like to see it, but I'm not sure if the WordPress admin area is the best way to notify this. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Very interesting. Paul, Bernard? Yeah. Um, all I was going to say was um, this just makes me think about uh, general notifications throughout the whole of WordPress. Again, <laughs> thinking back to the product, uh, you know, the, there is so many different places where our messages come to us in WordPress now that there's no, again, I would like some, some proper UI, UX person to come in and go, there is a problem in general with how we communicate important information to the right types of users in WordPress. There is a bunch of ways that it's getting done at the moment. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's being misused and putting adverts in places where people aren't happy that they're adverts. Sometimes it's great. And I feel like if you look at almost any, it doesn't matter almost how complicated the SaaS app is that you're using or other software, it tends to be like a central place where your notifications about any new thing or thing you should do are there. And in some of them where these, these applications have a lot of information to communicate to you. You can filter so you can say, hey, you know what, in my install of WordPress, um, I, don't, I don't want any marketing messages, so I'm gonna, but I do want security ones, and I do want ones about terms of ownership of products and stuff like that. And, and, uh, and, and that's what I wanna see. And then there's a little circle with a notification thing somewhere saying, you've got eight notifications and you can check them and you go, all right, cool. I don't need to see any junk on my dashboard anymore because I know everything in the usual place where everything is. So I'd love to see, I'd love to see um, the same um, amazing UX designer who, <laughs> for, who's done some successful products and where <laughs> the team would come in and solve that as well. And just, I just start making it a, an unbelievably proud, proud to work with product that we, we're all not complaining. Well, I think I'm complaining all the time actually. I, I actually feel a bit wound up today. I don't know. It's the lockdown. I think that Google handle it quite Switched well. In that Google have this just this little red dot at the top right-hand side, and you click on it, and this little window 
kind of pops open and it, it, it sort of hovers above the the UI and you just sort of swipe them with your finger or you can click a little button if you're on desktop and they all just live in that little panel and then if you if you want to drill down into the notifications you go to a, no, a ded dedicated notifications area where they could be collected couldn't they they could be like a plugins tab or a I don't know a marketing tab or a whatever tab uh, in this case, what we're talking about here is, oh, I don't know, change of ownership tab. That's probably a bit specific, but you get the point. Um, that just seems like a sensible thing for me to do. And a little red dot somewhere in the UI in the admin area would be all that I, I think, would need. Yes, I think it's, there should be one step ahead of that. There should be any visible indication besides remember the owner that the ownership has changed. Because mm. as far as I know, you don't see anywhere well chris hughes makes a good point and chris hughes i i i think i'm correct in fact i'm more or less 100 percent certain has has acquired some plugins in the past and he says um the problem with the is the free plugins have no mailing lists that you know they're just on the repository there's probably you know might be 100 200 a 1, thousand users whatever there's no mailing list for that and another problem is those people who update via services like main wp manage wp who just simply don't get any of those notifications that's a good point as well yeah makes it hard to actually reach these people so yeah we've probably yeah. been a little bit clumsy with our with our way of thinking about There's it thus far solution to that though so if you have a unified place of uh notifications then you yeah. probably would imagine that that would come with a unified api for notifications so whether you're using managed wp or main wp or WPME dev it doesn't really matter each of those pieces of software no that it taps into the notification API and that its own dashboard can present the, the important information again to the user who's managing 50 or 100 websites from a dashboard. So it's 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 possible. And I think that that's why I, I think this product now, I'm calling WordPress a product because it used to be a piece of software. And I think it's more like a product now um, with automatic as well, you know, moving its direction in that kind of in that kind of way it needs someone who who's thinking about that and not putting it out to the committee all of the time and i know that 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 view of mine is not universal at all because people <laughs> would say well this is open source this this everyone can contribute and stuff like that um yeah i get that too i don't know i just i just um don't know if we're just setting this thing on fire by uh when you know the community can still get massively involved but maybe there should be a lot of consulting with the community and agreement on goals and then the designer goes and does the thing and presents it back with a prototype and people comment from there i don't know Chris Hughes has added a further comment that, that like this notification area that we were talking about a moment ago, but uh, but he's added an extra layer on top of that saying with strict non-commercial terms. I, I, <laughs> I, I have, so, and then he mentions, you know, the, the abuse of that in the past with large adverts coming around at this time of year, believe it or not. I've got, an, an, a, that could, that could fit nicely into a notifications area, couldn't it? In that you could have a commercial section. And although that would probably very infrequently get visited, you could have uh, a deal section or an ad section or whatever, you know, just commercial stuff going in there. Whether that would be abused, or you could switch, the, you know, you could switch any form of indication that something new had dropped into there completely off if you didn't want to go in there. But, you know, some people want to be alerted to these kind of deals as they go on. So, yeah, interesting. 
Um, okay, I think the consensus is we can't agree on this one. 50% of people in the comments wanted it, 50% didn't. And yes. yeah. Okay, I'm going to move on. The next one, I'm actually very quickly going to put the stackable deal back up because I just want you to just appreciate that for a moment. And then we're going to go to this one and look at this fellow. So this is again on, whoa, this is on WP Tavern again. This is, um, a, let me just turn the comment off that it's covering up Jan's uh, face. Sorry about that, Jan. Um, <laughs> this is a proposal to create an expanded view or overlay for the blocks in patterns inserter. Now, honestly, I think what I'm staring at the screen here could be could be used for so many things, not just the, the patterns inserter. But what I'm looking at on the screen is a screenshot. It's like an animated GIF of somebody trying to use patterns um, to insert something into their page or post. And block patterns are kind of collections of blocks. So they might have three, three buttons in a row or three images in a row, testimonials, that kind of thing. And it's very difficult to show that in the UI. And this post illustrates that, well, maybe we should have a little expand button, which just takes over the whole screen. And further down, we have, look at this. Uh, last week, we had Dovey on the show. And they've illustrated on this um, episode, they've illustrated here that uh, the Redux plug plugin handles it in this way. It's quite a nice UI. I think this is a jolly good idea. I think we should have an expanded view in all sorts of ways, not just for block patterns, but just the entire thing. I think it would be nice if it kind of like a desktop can collapse to mobile, I think that little sidebar should expand and fill up different things. And you can expand it, make it tablet size if you like, turn your screen on its side and see what happens. Um, anyway, so I just think this is something which needs to happen. The implementation in this article is not the most attractive. It's obviously a, a just a suggestion at the moment, but uh, I like it. It's a very well intelligently written article in my opinion, nice. that mentions some very prominent WordPress people. That well, it, it starts off well, doesn't it? And then towards the end, it really what? starts to um, starts to sort of like <laughs> scrape the barrel. Because look at this. This this has made Paul's day. In the I'm going to quote this because it, it really is it's fabulous. Where, when when uh, somebody gets a mention, the very last paragraph of this article. Another common feature that many types of systems share in a way to save patterns as favorites. This makes them easy to locate in the future. Paul Lacey, who's he, makes the same argument in episode number 136 of the WP Builds Weekly WordPress <laughs> News Podcast. There you go. He wants clients to have easy access to the post, the most used block patterns. This would be a nice bonus to help clean up the block patterns, user experience. So uh, we've got to be careful what we say because Justin is watching. And as we know, Justin knows we're we're all pretenders. Yeah. Justin, Justin is a good guy. I don't yeah, hear yeah, him really, working. Yeah, really, really good guy. And uh, anyway, just the more substantive point is: Do you like this idea? I mean, obviously, nobody's going to make it look like that particular article. It, 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 you know, it's not even center aligned, and it's got a fairly nasty, thick border around the edge. But the principle of it, I just don't see why not. Yeah, yeah. I like reminds uh, me of what Elementor is doing. Um, let's go with Jan first. You go for it. I'm sorry. Uh, it reminds me of what Elementor is doing with their preview for all the templates and, and yep. pre-built layouts and stuff like that. Yep. Um, Paul? So uh, get get um, Elementor, 
and let's make Elementor put all their templates in a small, tiny area on the side and see what their customers say. <laughs> ah, <laughs> they won't be happy, will they? You, you, oh. made, you tweeted something this week, Paul. Look at me, just like basically trolling Paul Lacey this week. You tweeted about having this sidebar the Gutenberg sidebar being mobile first as an option. So instead um, of seeing what we can see here, which is the desktop options, those little icons should always be mobile. Um, I don't know if that fits into this. In other words, if you go to the no. expanded view, would you see both? Or... Well, look at look at the first one. Oh, I know. <laughs> I, mean, I, I should so, describe for those people listening. It's yeah. a it's it's a terrible layout of three images side mm -hmm. by side, and then a. a massively elongated piece of ultra narrow text which has no business existing. It looks like a signpost or something, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah it does. It looks like somebody's <laughs> waving a, like a flag. Yeah. 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 But I think I think um I never think that this will happen. It was just a case of knowing that um mobile is the predominant way most people view websites now, especially in um, parts of Asia, it's even more so than anywhere else. Um, I think in the US, it's around, it's a, just over 50% at the moment in on average and stuff. So if we're creating a piece of software that wants to stand out from everyone else and has got a bunch of things wrong with it at the moment, but wants to be the, the flag bearer of how things should be done in the future, it was just an idea that came to my mind that if we do have struggle, if we are struggling for space and we are trying to empower people with a new powerful graphic editor that they've not come across before, they will default to thinking about desktop design and there will be a whole new world of terrible websites again, um, just like the first time you know Page Builders came out. So it kind of struck me that if people were looking at things as structure to pull into their pages, that would be better for the long term than people going, oh, I like that layout, pulling it in, and then you know it just doesn't work for them on their their whole design, for instance. So that was it, really. It was more a case of I was thinking, um, should we start focusing on structure, which happens to work quite well with mobile first, because you you think, what is the the least I, I need here? What do I need? I need a testimonial. So let's show a testimonial. Um, or because if you're using a mobile making a mobile site, you probably only have one testimonial instead of six. So if, if, you, if you're designing a website and the testimonial block has got six testimonials, you, you'll pull that in and then on mobile you'll have six testimonials when you probably only wanted one. And so I just I just felt like um, I wasn't the only one as well. There's a, there's a link, Nathan, that I put in the private chat to mm -hmm. one of the most famous WordPress designers ever. <laughs> Brian Gardner. <laughs> Brian Gardner. Let me let me just put this up because it is quite funny. Uh, it's yeah. a tweet. Is it this one? The tweet of <laughs> yeah. So for the listeners, I'll read this out and and describe it. So Brian Gardner, who was one of the is the is the founder of Genesis and Studio Press, uh, is the these days he's more known as a designer, I think, and he you know his whole brand is around simple, effective, easy to use design, and he's just tweeted. Live footage of me trying to select main columns block in WordPress to increase the number. And then he's got a kind of gif of this cat that looks like it's playing um, whack-a-mole. Whack uh, so this cat clearly can't find what it's trying to do. And I think if, if you've got someone like Brian Gardner who is struggling to use a simple, what is supposed to be a simple user interface and just create some columns, then there's probably a problem 
there because you think that he would uh, be able to figure it out, but he's, he's struggling like a lot of us. I, I, so, I sorry, just, I apologize. Yeah, yeah you, you, <laughs> it's okay. It's question. okay. I mean, does acceptance testing or how you ever call it happening with Gutenberg? Does anyone, I mean, sometimes uh, like all those minor issues from a UX perspective, because there are solutions for those issues, and just look at how Page Builder did it. And it doesn't matter if you have the Elementor or Beaver Builder where you can drag around your editor or flex it or like Brazy with their inline controls uh, or add-ons for Beaver Builder, but they add similar stuff. Uh, but I mean, come on, somebody mu must have tested this. <laughs> can or can, can I just... Work? I'm just going to draw attention to something that uh, it is Justin, isn't it? Yes, Justin says in this piece, and, and it, it, it kind of never really struck me until I read this. And he's he's written, and I quote, WordPress has a long habit of sticking too much into a tiny panel. Many theme authors never felt like a customizer panel offered enough space, for example. The same seems to be the case with the block editor's inserter panel. It's good enough for allowing end users to pick and choose blocks. However, patterns are much larger than the smaller block icons. When users start scrolling through dozens of patterns at the same time coming months and in the coming months and years, it will become a usability nightmare. And it, we really are. We are totally constrained by the width of this tiny little box, and there's absolutely no flexibility whatsoever. And my example of trying to type the WordPress excerpt into that tiny box is just one of myriad ways. This totally needs to be addressed, I think. And uh, I'm nominating Paul Lacey to address no, it. it i can just complain about it <laughs> <laughs> oh okay it's anyway. to do every monday just yeah, get on my yeah. soapbox and start moaning about um yeah you know, I, I, I do feel bad because i totally appreciate all the work that the people are putting in but mm. you know if it's in if you're in a in a, in a war let's say um you know, America got invaded or something like that. I know they've got a lot of guns, so there's a lot of talent that can shoot people and stuff like that. But if they all just running around like crazy, they won't be able to stop the invaders as individuals. And I feel like there needs to be some some leadership put back into this project now. And um, I know it's like supposed to be the benign dictator or whatever it is. The, the benevolent dictator. Benevolent. Yeah, which everyone, yeah, benevolent dictator. But actually, I think... Um, that that benevolent dictator could hire some people who um, and and help help uh, do this do this a bit different. Just say, hey, you know what? Maybe this approach worked um, ten years ago when WordPress was simpler, and the the people that were innovating were product creators that put you know plugins and and. Uh, and those people needed to make sure that their product was perfect for the users because they simply wouldn't get paid if if uh, no one bought their products. Maybe maybe WordPress, the software, has got another angle these days that it never used to. That it's got a big, complicated product aspect to it, and we need to get someone in to to do something about it. Have I made myself clear on that today? I uh, again, I refer the honourable gentleman to the comment I made some moments ago. I nominate Paul Lacey to fix this problem. Jan knows that because he, he was in Gutenberg lately, but how, how does the, the workflow is for Gutenberg to get stuff released? Who decides that? I, mean, I, I don't feel like there is really 
like like I mean, if you have a WordPress release, then there is a release lead, and there are some people assigned to different kind of stuff, and there's organization behind it, and there's a decision which bugs get triaged and what stuff gets postponed. Uh, but with Gutenberg, I, I don't get the feeling. I mean, I did. I don't pay close attention because uh, I'm still waiting to be at a certain level for Gutenberg to really use it. Sorry, but it's, it's <laughs> the truth. Uh, but I don't know. Does anyone of you have an idea? No, not a very clear idea. But um, but I am going to try and get a clearer idea now that you said that. I honestly don't know. I don't know how that how that works. Yep. Maybe uh, maybe if Justin Tadlock is listening, he'll conveniently he'll write it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm obviously not saying that. Um, I am going to move on, and I'm going to Paul. I know we discussed yeah. this one from Astra. Do you think do you yeah. think we should throw that one in or not? Yeah, yeah, I think it's worth yeah, it. Yeah, I think it's time. Uh, okay. I, I'm not sure uh, uh, what I make of this because – so this is an article. It's over on the Astra um, blog. It's called Introducing the Simplest Header Footer Builder with Astra. Okay? And basically, I'm going to just scroll up until we see some animated GIFs, and those people who are watching will get the idea. But I, I just don't know what, I, what to make of this because I'm – I'm in WordPress and I'm a big page builder user and those page builder interfaces are so sublimely cool you know they just do what you tell them to do and they look in the they look what comes out the front looks like what you've got at the back but when I first came to WordPress there were that build, builders were not that sophisticated it was people were trying to make them that sophisticated and so you had things like visual composer and there was a product by iThemes called builder i believe it was where you would sort of like construct little blocks but you wouldn't see any of the content but you'd say okay the logos i'm going to create a row of three little sections and then the logo is always going to go in the right section and i'm going to put some some text or a menu in the the left hand section and so on but you never got to see what it would look like until you'd saved it and then gone over to your website again. And and it kind of felt to me like that era had passed and that all developments in the future would be more along the lines of literally what you see is what you get. And then this came out this week, which is Astra, the most popular theme that's not a core theme on the WordPress.org repo, well over a million installs. And they've come up with this UI, which does exactly what I've just said. You drag in little blocks. It, you know that that's the menu, but you don't see the menu. You know that that's going to be the logo, but you don't see the logo. And then you've got what looks like a customizer to alter the options. You know, you can change different settings, change the height, and so on and so forth. And I just don't know what to make of it. I don't know whether this feels like the future or kind of walking back into the past a little bit. <laughs> what do you think? So. First, why do we have that? Because there is another theme called Cadence, which is like the new feature of the month, uh, pulling through uh, the WordPress uh, ecosystem because certain people push it for certain reasons, which I will discuss uh, in detail because I just have third party information around that. But they have that feature. So if you have a competition coming up, it's Sometimes a good idea to, to pick ideas and uh, add them yourself. Do you mean that Cadence, because I haven't used Cadence, do you mean to say that Cadence has this feature as we're seeing it on the screen with blocks, that, or is it more of a wizard? Yep. Yes. Okay. Yep. 
Yeah, I, I have this on the merch store that I recently built, and I just wanted to to chime in before Bernard took the stage that it's it's exactly the same. It's exactly the same. I mean, it it, it obviously ah. the branding is a little bit different, but the the functionality is exactly just as what we're seeing on the screen right now. So there's a different issue altogether, right? We're sort of talking about, you know, seeing what other people are doing and then taking that idea and running with it for your own theme. Interesting uh, comment in here. Where's it gone? It's just disappeared. Oh, sometimes when you look at the comments in StreamYard, they, they pop and they just, you know, you, you're hovering over it. Um, Matt Davis saying it's not his preferred option. I really dislike that as a menu builder, but I get why inexperienced people would love it. Yeah. And that's a good point, yeah. right? isn't it is I mean, that you don't need to see the logo you just need to know that's where the logo is going and that's probably first, less clutter to build headers in page builders is tricky true because Mo lots of moving right. parts right lots of moving parts you have all those transparency or not transparent headers and stuff like uh, uh, how is the menu on mobile how do do does that stuff add up on, mob add on mobile because many page builders just have percentage width of columns, not pixel width, or max and min width. So you need either a little bit of custom CSS or really know what you're doing. Um, so for a simple quick and dirty site, I think that's great to have features like that. And um, you see, from my point of view, themes begin to struggle because they need to add benefits. Because if you have a page builder, why right. use a theme? Um, now we see all those page builder themes like Astra, and a little bit of Cadence, and Generate Press, and Ocean, and Page Builder Framework, and whatever you call, they add the option to add rows, to add stuff between content, before content, after content. So, so it's like very easy for non-experienced people to just add content at almost any place in WordPress where you very early are needed to know what about hooks, about filters, about stuff like that. So it's a logical step to just add some of that to header and footer too, to make it easier. So I think it's, it's, it's a good thing. And for a quick and dirty side, it's easy. Uh, I find it a good move because I don't need to see the end result. Uh, I think you've made the right call there, though. The the simplicity of it is 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 really novel. And I obviously have missed the trick there, not knowing that Cadence did this, and then obviously seeing Astra <laughs> doing that. I just kind of assumed that Astra had kind of innovated here, but it looks like Cadence have kind of got there first. But yeah, yeah missing the- that said, sorry to interrupt, that no. uh, many many themes on ThemeForest had that pre-Cadence already. Right, and that's yeah. what that's what I, what for, for like that have come out recently, because it feels to me like this is a eight, nine year old UI, not a kind of, you know, but obviously they, they don't have a page builder. It just felt strange because I'm using a page builder all the time that everything just looks how it looks. Anyway, fascinating. But you're right, Bernard. I think you've called it the the simplicity of the use of it. And it does look dead simple, doesn't it? And some of the layouts that they put together lower down, they look really nice. You know, I'm showing on the screen some some little menu items, headers and so on. Looks great. Nothing wrong with that. And then obviously... It says coming very soon. There's a video for the drag and drop footer builder. I'm presuming it's exactly the same setup. Only for footers. Paul, do you want anything or shall we move it uh, on? Yeah, the, the, the users on the Astra blog seem very happy about it. Obviously, those comments might be yeah. moderated um, to yeah, in, in that way. But I don't I don't know. I don't know. But um, 
you know, I think I've had my mind changed on this a little bit today. Probably like yeah, me too, me too. Yeah, that that like at first I did think this feels like number one something that I would have really benefited from a few years ago if say January Press had this kind of builder. Um, then I was also thinking, will we still get some messed up headers? like from too many elements and then on mobile it will not work but it will definitely be better than when like what bernard said about when i've seen people try and build headers in page builders which really is really really tricky i think in any page builder um apart from maybe oxygen i think they they have it pretty well well sorted in uh, in their system um but it is copying like what stuff that's been done before but that doesn't mean that they've copied it they've just seen that that is in a world where we, you can build your header with the settings in the customizer which we've been told is a thing of the past and then you've got an option to build your, your header with a page builder which is hard and then you've got things like generate blocks which from generate press that allows you to build a, a, a header with the gutenberg block editor which is um, forward thinking, but the block editor is the block editor, and we know how I feel about that. And then this is a kind of on rails design system. So you, you can you can't go as badly wrong as you could with hardly. You can go further with your creativity, but you can't go quite as badly wrong. Good as point. The other systems. So yeah. I, I actually like it. Um, and also, I did see in the comments that this part of this functionality will be available to the free version of Astra as well, which is nice for the for the people who are using the free version. It's um, mm. So yeah, I've definitely had my mind changed because at first I was just like, why now? And yeah, it is true that Cadence has got this recently and, and you know, Cadence is uh, to, you know, for instance, is promoted a lot by um, Adam from Dopey Crafter, who does awesome videos. Um, and he is an affiliate marketer, like everybody knows that, but he does <laughs> good products. But he does have he does have a lot he does seem to his him and his audience do have the ability to influence the direction of products. And I think that he's backing a lot, you know, he's a big fan of Cadence at the moment. And he used to be always promoting Astra. And maybe the Astra team can are just looking at what people from Cadence want and going, okay, we'll build that. Okay, Cadence people say they want that on Adam's channel. We'll build that. So I think um, Astro is becoming that all-in-one theme. Like it probably should stop trying to say that it's the fastest theme anymore because it is only if you take the, the more or less useless version of the um, of the repo. But it's still a, a, a very good theme, and they're very interested in performance and those sort of things. So um, I mean, you good product. They know how to get better. Really, do something wrong with all those major themes, I guess. Yeah, I started to look at everything because it's it's in the end with Beaver Builder and Themer, it's just you know, uh, um, Adam does a great does great stuff for the beginner users, but like you said, he pledged for Astra, and uh, maybe people don't know, but uh, he he's co-founder of the the Cardflows. And Cardflows, as far as I know, is built together with the Astra team. So it's it's a little bit of a complex situation, and uh, it never hurts to know a little bit about the background. Uh, um, I think he does a great job, and he he really serves an audience. And uh, and for that, I'm very thankful because I think we need people like that. But in the end, we all know people have to make money too. So while he does 
many of his stuff out of the good of his heart. In the end, there is always a little bit of, of business interest in it. And, uh, that's with any influencer or any people, because in the end, everybody has to make a living. Yeah. Um, thank you. He's definitely got a great ability to influence the product <laughs> because his audience, he, he sets up the questions really well for his audience. The audience respond and they speak with their wallets. And that's why, you know, Cadence and Astra seem to have roadmaps that match what people want now. But does that mean that Cadence will become irrelevant when it all shifts again and Cadence like, oh, we've got so much baggage, we can't now move to what everyone wants now. And sometimes <laughs> you know, like that's where Astra is at the moment. It's like, uh, we yeah. did what everyone wanted for two, two years ago and now we can't undo all that. And look, Cadence is doing all the stuff. But you can, yeah. you, so you can switch between these products. It's bad news for the product owner, but you know, but it wasn't <laughs> bad news when they were making tons and tons of sales at the time. So, yeah. Um, I'm going to have to move it on if that's all right. Uh, I hope that's okay because we're running out of time. But yep. that's certainly an interesting discussion. There's quite a few comments that cropped up in there. Um, just one thing, Max was saying, where do we get the URLs for this? If, and I put the URL up. If you if you go to news.wpbuilds.com and just click on the latest one, in this case it's number one three nine, then you'll find um, you'll find all of the pieces and and you know just find the bit about. Um, in this case, the Astra one, it's under the, it'll be under plugins, themes, and blocks. Right. Okay. So very clever chap called Alan Turing quite a few years ago came up with this sort of artificial intelligence test. This is nothing to do with WordPress, I might stress. <laughs> and that was that basically it got called the Turing test. If you could, if a computer pretending to be a human could talk to a human, let's say on a phone or in text or something, and the human couldn't distinguish whether it was a human or not, then AI had succeeded and we had reached the point where a computer was indistinguishable from a human and essentially it had become almost like a conscious state. One of the, one of the refutations of this argument is always that, uh, well, I'm sorry, but um, computers cannot do art. They don't have the ability to create art. Well, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, let me bring you computer-generated AI art, right? <laughs> I, I looked at this, and I, I am no artist, right? But when I go into sort of galleries and things, this is what I see. This is the stuff that I see. And honestly, uh, it is indistinguishable to my eyes from that of an artist. Like, if we just, like, let's just pick one off the page and go for this Let's just put one up, show it. Uh, it. And it's something which I think might be reminiscent of a windmill or something like that. Honestly, would you be able to truthfully say a human did that or a computer did that? Obviously, if you were looking at it in real life and you had the three dimensions of the paint and all that, yeah, fine, fine, fine. What do you reckon? It's terrifying. <laughs> it is It is art yeah. in itself, though, isn't it? Because what do they say? The WordPress, what's the WordPress? Um... The WordPress uh, slogan is code is poetry. That's right. So poetry is art. So <laughs> through connection, this, I guess, is, you know, art created by coders and AI. So but that's meta art, essentially. It's, it's art created by art. 
Yeah, but I mean, it's just—it's <laughs> totally indistinguishable to my eye. Is, I mean, look, yeah. look at that. Well, uh, sorry, again, if you're listening to this, I apologise. The it's called artaigallery.com, and basically, if you just go to artaigallery.com, you'll see it. It, it just totally and utterly indistinguishable to my eye from uh, from what an artist would produce. And I'm I'm sorry if you're an artist and you find this offensive, <laughs> but it's just fabulous. And you know, honestly, like I, I imagine I imagine most people's experience with art it mm. isn't that they want to spend a long time in a gallery. I imagine this is this is just for people who want to put something on the wall that's a bit of a talking point from now or fill in a bit yeah. of a gap. And I mean, it does that admirably. With art, it's always the discussion. I feel it's like is it, are we talking about the image that is created, or are we talking about the craftsmanship that's needed? To make that image by hand, because I don't know. But you can uh, imagine the the algorithm for this will just get better yes. based upon what sells. <laughs> it's like okay, a ton of those sold. Let's make <laughs> let's make art more like that until eventually we get the most bit, the most bland, uninteresting AI art, which is just exactly what everybody wants. I think uh, I think the computer's gone a bit wrong here. Oh no, it's a hurricane. Okay, fine. It has gone wrong in some of them, though, hasn't it? Which is quite yeah. funny. Yeah, but you can tell. It's modern AI. That's perfectly fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know how um, AI can write novels and screenplays and stuff now, apparently? Yeah. Well, maybe we can have like the AI art critic that goes on the website and is trying to describe, <laughs> describe <laughs> thing and, and, and pointing out what's in this picture and see if it. And then compare that to an actual art critic and see which one makes the most sense to the to the average user. Um, isn't isn't there also an AI that Google demonstrated recently that booked appointments for you by looking into your calendar? Yes. And they they were calling people like, yeah, like yeah. they were they would call in your your salon, your beauty salon, or whatever, and do an appointment with you. And those people wouldn't recognize that. Yeah, that was they scary. had to. Um, they had to, I think it was Californian law had to be amended such that it had to announce itself as an AI because, yeah, they did it live on stage at yeah. Google I.O. I think it was in 2019. And, yeah, sure enough, it called up a restaurant and made a reservation. And it inserted all sorts of human mannerisms completely deliberately. But it's sort of like, like, when, like ums ah, and stuff yeah, like yeah. Hmm, yeah, I see. Hold on a minute. You know, just nonsense <laughs> stuff that we all do. It wasn't perfect. They had to yeah. deliberately put the imperfections in. Yeah, um, yeah, the good thing about humans is we've got the imperfections already. Ha <laughs> ha, computers. <laughs> you, have to, you have to think about imperfections. Um, the next big thing, of course, as uh, Max says, is uh, computers designing websites for us. I, I, this isn't This isn't that far away, honestly, I think. Give it 10 years and something will come along which enables us to speak our website. Give me a nice website. 10 seconds later, is that any good? Yeah, it's fine. Okay, let's go with that. That's all. Can you make the logo bigger? That's it. That's what it'll be. <laughs> Can you make it pop? Make the logo more popular. Do, you know, do you know what's annoying, Paul, though, is that the computer won't argue. The computer will go, yeah. Yeah, I'll just yeah. make the logo yeah, it's instantly. <laughs> oh, no. yeah, but only it. until the AI learns then. At <laughs> yeah, some point, they will learn. Yeah. <laughs> just say, it's part of my algorithm. Sorry, can't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that was my, that was my final piece for the week. I appreciate um, I appreciate all the involvement from the the three people with me today. As always, Paul Lacey, 
and um, he's on each and every week. I don't know why he puts up with us, but he does. Thank you, Paul. Very much appreciated. And Bernard and Jan Koch. I don't know if you've got anything you want to add. We're trying to keep these bits of sort of banter down to a minimum. But if you've got anything that you want to add about this week or something, feel free. Go for it. That's a no. That's nope. a big fat no. Okay, perfect. In which case, we'll end it. I'll ask you three if you wouldn't mind just sticking on the line for a moment. But thanks for joining us. We'll be back this time next week, 2 p.m. UK time. This week in WordPress. I'm trying to hammer home that name so that it gets remembered. Cheers. Take it easy. Bye. Bye. Bye.